And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. It is a profound blessing and honor to once again be joined by Srina Marte. He's the yoga director at the Sat Yoga Institute. You'll learn more about him by going to his website at satyoga.org. Srina Marte. Blessings and peace. Thank you for being with us today, sir. Namaste. And let me do a, a divine invocation before we begin this sacred uh, conversation, if you don't mind. Sure. Paramashiva. Parashakti. Parabrahman. Buddha. Allah. Ardha Narishvara Dao Om Namah Shivaya Om Shivoham Om Sa These are the, the mantras that bring the universal consciousness together into unity because they invoke that supreme power under many names. All the names refer to one signified, one real. And now is the time for that real to emerge on this plane. Thank you. And saying that affirmation, what you just said, if a person were to say that multiple times a day, do you think in a lot of ways that that would accelerate uh, the light coming into this world or would that surround them with peace? Yes, if it was said with a deep understanding of the meaning and the love for the one that is being invoked. Okay. Shinamarte, the last time we spoke, we've seen this world delve into more chaos and it seems to be accelerating and i've had the pleasure of uh talking with some wonderful teachers and one of the things i've been hearing about is that we're in this thing called kali yuga and apparently this is this great upheaval in humanity but it's also an opportunity for humanity to, to grow from your perspective have other civilizations other forms of humanity have gone through this and missed their opportunity to grow. Do you believe or feel within your heart that humanity is on a trajectory right now of maximizing this opportunity to grow and evolve? Or do you feel at this point that collective humanity is succumbing to their ego, to the desires of the ego and a lack of heart to get off this exit ramp to jump to the next level of evolution? Well, you see, what you've expressed is the fact that we are being tested. That's the whole point. This is, in a way, is the final judgment. 
Okay. We can either go down or we can ascend. We can mm. return to God consciousness and salvation and bring a new world into being, or we can fall under the spell of hopelessness and despair or even worse, demonic uh, intentions. And of course, then uh, lead our own fate to, to ruin. But the human spirit is now uh, in, uh, you could say, the scales being weighed. Okay. And speaking of what it means to be human, it seems that if it's not just been the past few years, it seems like a, a, a process that's happening within humans, that some humans are adding things to their bodies or they're becoming merged in with machines. And I wonder about this. Is this thought kind of pulsated within me that, do humans have a set destiny? Do humans have a set uh, part that they're going to fulfill while being human? And do you find that this push to take a person that is primarily human to modify that human to make it make it you know, genetically modify the body that that will, in essence, take that human, make it something else, and not allow that human to experience the fulfillment of what a human could be or what its prophecy, prophetic vision is. My understanding is that maybe humans could actually evolve to grow, to be free, to really have this, you know, paradise. But if you're no longer a human, if you become a different race, and I wonder if your karma takes on a different cycle. I wonder if there's a push or a need to pull people away from the true humanity not necessarily because they want to control them, but because they want to pull them out of their collective destiny, which is to have a beautiful uh, end for being a human. Namaste. You see, your, your very question comes from the paradigm and the premises of a Kali Yuga mentality, which has become humanist, atheist, materialist, mm -hmm. and technologically subservient to that level of our intelligence that wants to control and manipulate and dominate uh, nature, right? Mm. And there's an assumption in the modern world that that is reality, whereas that's only the densest level of the appearance of what is really a cosmic drama that is going on. And the, uh, the playwright and the powers that actually are in charge of the unfoldment of this drama are not the ones that are the apparent players on the scene, right? So what has happened, and, and you asked about previous civilizations, have they failed? Mm -hmm. It's not that they have failed, but it wasn't their role in the drama to do anything more than express a certain aspect of human consciousness and it would take it to its highest point and then it would decline and die. So every civilization has a lifespan, a life and a death. And so does every yuga, Kali Yuga has a lifespan and it's now in its death throes. And we've had other yugas and you could say the entire cycle of time has a lifespan, right? And so we're mm -hmm. at the end of the entire cycle now. We've gone through the seasons of life, the springtime, summer, fall, and now we're in the dead of winter, right? Mm. But a new spring is coming. And, and most people today don't see the new spring that is coming. And so they are only focused on the nightmare 
of the, the control by tyrannical, technologically informed uh, beings who are now dominant. They are dominant, however, only uh, in the winter. And they are dominant only until the human spirit has awakened to the higher powers that actually rule when we are uh, receptive and attuned to that power and can bring it into the world to shift the entire morphogenic field of planetary consciousness. So that's what's about to happen and is in fact underway. So this whole question of uh, are we in trouble or not it is uh, it, it looks like it's hopeless and and, uh, and that we are about to reach total enslavement uh, through microchips and yeah. uh, all the nanobots and the robots and all of that. So, but it only looks that way through a, a very limited paradigm of what reality is. When you see reality whole, then you, you can have a great sense of humor about this because you see it's not real. Well, it is kind of funny how, um, I think how people are responding. It, it does seem like the twilight zone. And I appreciate your answer. And when it comes to looking beyond the world right now, and you're talking about, okay, well, if humans have a, an awakening and they awaken to their spirit and they're awakening there, then they connect and it's beautiful. But when you have times of chaos, you know, Marte, we have times where people are focused on survival. I feel that that ties so much more into ego because ego, I think, isn't that for the most part there to protect you, to keep you alive to some degree. So if you are in a constant fight or flight mentality, if you are in a mentality where you must survive, does that in some way, shape or form prevent you from uh, allowing yourself to experience the totality of embracing your spirit because you're in that survival mode. You're in the mode of preserving the life of the body. And maybe you cannot access this, maybe in a peaceful period of time. And imagine you'd have a greater opportunity to express and to connect. So how do people embrace and connect when they are in a fight or flight mode and they are in a survival mode and tied to the ego? I see. Right. Well, so first of all, I have to say I disagree with your uh, paradigm because I think when times were easier, everybody was very complacent mm-hmm. and happy to just eat their popcorn and watch the movies <laughs> and you know let it all hang out as the rulers wanted and we gave up our power. But now we realize the, the horror that has been created through our own uh, uh, ignorance and, and, and our losing our um, our responsibility as vigilant keepers of the unity of love and law in the world. And they split apart because of that. And the law became loveless and the love became lawless. And so it, it's because of that rupture that we have ended up in the situation that we're in. But because we now see that on the level of the earth uh, level playing field, uh, things are hopeless. When one begins to face imminent death, one realizes you have to let go of the fear of death and the urgency of physical survival and begin to think about whether your consciousness will survive the death of the body, you see? And Mm -hmm. that's the awakening that has to happen. 
And if we can voluntarily go through ego death before the death of the body, we will regain our souls and even the Holy Spirit beyond and gain the power while the bodies are alive to bring that divine energy into the field. And it's only because we're facing death as a species, as a planet, that we are now forced to turn inward because there's no help on the outer plane. You know, the, the, the knights are not coming to rescue us. The aliens aren't coming to rescue us. No one is coming. Not even the angels seem to be coming, right? So we have to go within to find that power because the kingdom of God is not out there, it's inside. And when we begin to go into our consciousness deeper and deeper, we find that we actually live in a different dimension. We're not in the world. The world is in us. It's a dream. I awaken first to the symbolic level of the dream. I understand it from an archetypal perspective. I see what's going on and what it's leading to and what is being tested. Then to an even higher level of that which is unborn and uncreated to the level of the power of creation and destruction itself that, that comes from the divine source who is responsible for this holographic manifestation in the first place and who will now be able to, when we attune and become instruments of that power, be able to change the destiny of the world through a power greater than any that can be used by those who are stuck only within the dimension of the physical. Thank you. Thank you for that answer. I loved in our previous interview that you give a really sharp perspective. You're saying instead of focusing on the product, you try to be from the perspective of not the person who's in the dream, but the dreamer. I thought that was so empowering and I'd like to just ask a question about how to further attain and become one with the divine to align your spirit with it. Because you mentioned ego death, and I've had two of them in my life. One was involuntary, one was voluntary. And both of them were, were, were very painful. And I was wondering if you can please explain to people how to voluntarily have an ego death. What are some of the benefits? And at the same time, how do you further accelerate your alignment with the divine? Namaste. I would have to say that your ego death experiences were not complete. Okay. Because when they are complete, there is no one left to have pain. Right? So the mm -hmm. fact that it's painful is the ego suffering a near-death experience, <laughs> not going through its death, because then the pain becomes ecstasy, you see? So you have to go all the way through. And, and that means beyond the fear of death and the fear of the void and the mm. fear of the infinite. And then you realize that it's actually ecstatic. But you can only get beyond the fear if you have love. You have to love that supreme self in whatever way you imagine it. And it's not anything you can imagine, whether you call it Buddha or Brahman or Tao or or, or or the Godhead or the goddess or whatever, uh, none of those can, can truly uh, do anything more than use the imaginary level of the consciousness to point to that which cannot be conceived of, but is our innermost being. And when we know who we are at the deepest level, we realize I'm not the character I'm playing, I'm not that body, 
I'm not even its mind, its operating system. I'm aware even of its soul that has incarnated using it. And I go beyond that to the ultimate level of consciousness. And from there, there's neither fear nor desire. And uh, there is the full empowerment that can conquer not only death, but uh, can uh, activate that power of creative intelligence that brings the highest possible outcome to this cosmic drama. Okay. That's the Beautiful. deus ex machina. Deus ex machina. Well, I'm always looking for that. I'm always looking for a uh, thing. You know, it's kind of strange. I feel like there's some people within, I think that they call it a new age movement. They're all saying, oh, yeah, the angels are going to come. Oh, yeah, something's going to happen. And the, like, some of the teachers that I follow, they're always like, no, you have to really it's personal responsibility. My um, one of my greatest teachers was Stuart Wilde, metaphysical teacher. He, he really was talking about. It. He just said that the world that you see outside is within, and it's all about personal responsibility. Do you think that, or feel that, it is because of a lack of responsibility? Maybe it is because of a lack of initiative within others that the world's gotten to this place because they've neglected their natural responsibility, which is to grow, which is to evolve and maybe, but because they, they don't seek or they don't have an insatiable curiosity that someone else is taking over for them. Well, yes, I, I would say we've lost our supernatural responsibility and we believe our responsibility is only to take care of business within a capitalist mm -hmm. frame of reference. And we've lost what is our responsibility to God and to goodness and to love and to uh, freedom and, and all of those ideals that have been washed away in this uh, recent uh, eruption of total tyranny. But we have allowed that because mm -hmm. we, uh, we, 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 we lost our own awareness of uh, the importance, the urgency of our role as uh, the children of God to sustain the world as a kingdom of heaven, and we let it de degrade into a hell realm. So now it's our responsibility to become the angels that save the situation, not wait for somebody else to do it, because we didn't fulfill our responsibility in the past, we must do it now. And that is the way we pay for our sins, the sin of rupturing love and law, the sin of rupturing the transcendent and the imminent, the natural and the supernatural. There must be a reunification and, and the male and the female, mm. all of it, even the light and the dark, all must become unified again as a whole. And we must recognize that that implicate order of all that gets expressed in the cosmos is only there to bring about the ultimate victory of the pure, the good, the beautiful, the true, and the real that is not present now within the end of Kali Yuga, and it must return. And that's the meaning of the revelation and uh, you know, the redemption and the apocalypse. All of that is the return of God consciousness to the world. That's beautiful. I, I really hope that uh, that happens. Uh, Visually, see it, hypothetically speaking. What can people do if they mean if they're not going to be here? If they're not, not going to make it to the end, how can they help others that are? What can they? How can they provide assistance to others 
who are clearly destined to be here and make it through this uh, Kali Yuga and to lead humanity to another golden era. Namaste. Well, first of all, again, I have to disagree with your premise. Yeah. Everyone's going to be here, but not all will be in a body. And okay. you're actually more awake and you see more of what's here when you're actually not in a body. The body limits you to what the senses can perceive. But your soul, when you have an out-of-body experience or a near-death experience, you can be anywhere and everywhere because it's quantum interconnectedness and the soul goes wherever its thoughts go. There's no limits. And then beyond that, in God consciousness, you are omnipresence itself. So there's no, there's no going, no, no leaving, and there's nowhere to go because this is it. Yeah, yeah. You see? Yeah. I was just thinking about the and physical... So- it, it, but the power of, of awakened consciousness will necessarily create the most beautiful world for itself. And that's what's about to happen. But it has to be awakened fully first. Okay. Masa, thank you. I was referring to, like I guess, being in the physical body about that. And when I've had this experience lately, and I, I don't know if this is with other people, Shunamote, where I look at the world and I see that there, there's evil being done. and I think when good people do nothing, that the evil just kind of grows and becomes more emboldened. However, I have noticed that when uh, I call out the evil, I kind of, I, I'll push it out and I'll call it out, but then I'll get the reverberation from it. And I'll say, oh my goodness, because, you know, that whole premise that we're all one consciousness, one being, it's like, I feel the energy that I put out. And I'm sure other people who are sensitive are probably feeling it as well. So is there a guide or some ways that, you can call out the evil. You can push back against evil. You can frighten the evil while at the same time not dealing with the ramifications, the repercussions of having it come back to hit you. Or is that just something where it's like, hey, you know, if you're in this fight, that's just part of the rules. We're one consciousness, one being. We're, we're points of attraction all within the same conscious being. And that's just how it is. But I, I in one way, like I, I do it. I, I know I'm going to get the, the, the kickback on it. But I feel at the same time, I'd rather take that than not say anything because I feel not saying anything just empowers and emboldens the evil. Musty. Well, first of all, the, what frightens the evil most is the realization that evil is unreal. It really has no existence. It's a shadow. It's not a, a, a thing. <clears throat> it's the, the lack of a, a, an awakened presence. That's what creates evil. It's that fall into the illusion that we're just a body rather than pure spirit that that is the cause of all evil intentions. But when you get to those higher levels, you realize there is no evil, actually, because it, it is serving a function, a purification function. In the same way that the bacteria that eat a decomposing corpse, they get rid of it. They actually purify it. And there are other bacteria that eat oil spills. And there are others, right, mm-hmm. that eat other, uh, other things uh, that, that no one will. The, 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 the ravens, uh, you know, and the, the hawks that will eat the carrion. So it's a purification a process that nature does. And nature now is going to purify the entire cosmos of evil uh, through its natural, supernatural, as well as uh, the uh, the actions of technology that are bringing about not only a death, which is what most people see, but also a, a rebirth. 
because the evil is destroying itself. And, and so we don't need to resist it. We just need to not be affected by it and be out of range of its jurisdiction. And the only way to do that is to belong to the good. And when we do that, there's no fear of the evil and the evil has fear of uh, its own uh, annihilation by that higher power. Okay. Thank you for saying that. I have noticed that um, the evil is kind of cannibalizing itself to some degree. Oh, yeah. And uh, I do try to stay away from it as soon as, po as much as possible. Are there certain frequencies, like meditative uh, frequencies that a person can listen to that would kind of not allow them to be in alignment or a vibrational frequency with evil? Because my understanding is that there's certain types of music that people listen to that actually kind of pull them right into the darkness, even though the music maybe sounds good. And are there any kind of tones that a person can listen to that actually pull them out? Where if they listen to it on a regular basis or they have it playing on a regular basis, that it's going to align them to a, a point where evil is not capable of reaching them. Masi. Sure. Well, you know, in, in music, as in all the arts, there is uh, there's beauty and there's ugliness. There is harmony and there's discord. And the more more recent music is more on the dark side. So it will bring you into that vibrational frequency. The more classical you go, then the higher frequency, the more they were interested in invoking angels and uh, Mother Mary and the gods uh, uh, in whatever culture it was. If you go really back to ancient uh, classical Indian music, for example, it was dealing with a level, and still is really, those who, who understand it and are masters of it, dealing with a level of consciousness beyond uh, the ego entirely uh, that will get you into a prenatal state and even a state of the consciousness before birth. So you can, uh, you can use music for that, but what really all music is doing is triggering the consciousness to remember those levels of vibration. So you can do that without music just by silencing the mind entirely. And it's the silence that carries the highest vibrational frequency. And that brings you into God consciousness. Awesome. Thank you for that answer. And to add on top of that, are there other types of ways to pull you into a higher vibration when it comes to lighting? There's something that for some reason, I don't know when it started, but I started putting up uh, blue lights in various rooms and I would just, I would change the lights and I don't know why I was doing it, but it was more of an instinctual thing. And I just felt different. And I wonder uh, if the lights themselves carry a vibrational frequency or wearing certain colors themselves carry a certain vibrational frequency that pull you more towards the, the divine or more towards celestial. Namaste. Yes, the colors do correlate with different frequencies and different levels, but the highest level is beyond the electromagnetic spectrum that can be seen. You know, we go to ultraviolet uh, at, at the highest level, but it's beyond that. It's beyond uh, anything that's within the electromagnetic level, and it goes to what Tesla called the scalar level, which is really simply the highest dimension of consciousness that's acting vertically upon this plane from the higher dimension rather than acting horizontally generated from within this plane. So the more that we are in attunement with that frequency that is being received, 
from the Godhead. It's called Shakti in yogic psychology. And we, we let that Shakti trigger the awakening of our Kundalini, which is the energy in the body that corresponds not only to the prana, which is the bioelectricity and the biophotons in the body, but also to uh, the consciousness of the archetypal luminosity of uh, the divine aspects of our being that are, we are supposed to be embodying in this life. And they awaken that divine courage and valor and uh, integrity and generosity, and they transform our personality and our character to become in the image of God again, rather than the image of uh, whoever you saw in a movie or on a, a rock star that you imitated, mm -hmm. right? So you, we, we are returning to the roots of our true identity. And the more that we are able to feel and express love for that source, the more it comes into the body in its fullness. Awesome. That's a really wonderful answer. Shinomurte, what have been two experiences in your own life that have truly opened your eyes that have been just so profoundly beautiful that completely shifted your perspective on life or, or just two experiences where you were just, you know, you were just in awe of the, of the beauty and the energy that was around you. It, it's hard to talk about that now because it's a constant state. This is what we are. It's not an experience that one has. It's mm -hmm. the realization of oneself. We are Satchitananda. We're intelligence. We are love. We are bliss. And we are absolute uh, divine, uncreated beingness, uh, you know, with the infinite uh, potentiality to express and expand itself. And so uh, once we recognize the true nature of consciousness, then we can begin to work in, in the higher levels of how that beauty becomes manifested as, uh, as intentions and as aspects of the characters that we're playing. Awesome. And what are two things that a person can do if they were to express your love, your energy within this world? What are two things that they can do to magnify your mission? Well, our, our mission for all of us is, if you're in a Christian tradition, to be Christed or to be divinized, or, or to become one with God in whatever way, or if you in the East to become a Buddha, or to become uh, one with Brahman, or become Shiva, or become the goddess, uh, you know, you can express it with all kinds of uh, different metaphors, but uh, uh, our, our yearning is to transcend this plane, and especially now, because there's so much pain and suffering on this plane. And the only way we can offer help to all the suffering beings is to be out beyond suffering ourselves by having become one with God, having transcended, and then returning as a bodhisattva, as one who can bring that energy into the world without uh, concern uh, for, for death or for the... Uh, the way that the world is unfolding because one is no longer under its influence and, and, and one is then able to give uh, to the upliftment of all beings and to fulfill the responsibility of God consciousness. 
to, to uplift all into that unity again, instead of our separation and our dispersion as lost souls, to bring all together into oneness. And, uh, and by, by having that recognition that we are all one, there is only one intelligence dreaming all of this and all of these beings, we return to the root where we identify with all. Then our love goes, our compassion goes, our power goes to all beings without uh, conditions. And then we are free. We have emptied ourselves completely and become filled with that of the, the Godhead. Beautiful answer. This is Shunya Marte. I want to thank you so much for being with us today, for sharing your wisdom and your insight. It was just a very powerful answers. And I think people are going to feel good and definitely take a lot of what you said and put them into practice. We're more about Shunya Marte by going to his website at satyoga.org. You can also go to his YouTube channel. He posts amazing videos on a regular basis, good lessons. And I would say that from a personal perspective, I, I really enjoyed listening to Shunya Marte's teachings and um, you got a huge response to your last appearance on the show. So I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Blessings and peace. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace. Love and beers. Take good care and thank you so much for listening. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.